and of these evening. Welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I can edit. Anyway, okay. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, and the mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And so, in essence, what you do to another person, you're actually doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is The Purpose of Life with Reverend Bill McDonald. Reverend, thank you so no, much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, and we are at, we, you can see, we're on location, and we are at the IONS Conference 2019 in the Philadelphia area. So, Reverend Bill, will you please share with our listeners your journey of awakening, your journey in the spiritual life that we are all leading, but your, your journey. Wow. Uh, it's taken me two books over a hundred videos, and, and I still haven't really told my story. You know, just like your life, you know, you keep unfolding. You talk about the awakening process. It is a process, and when you think you've got there, you think you understand. Somebody's moved the cheese. It's like, wait a minute, it's not what you thought it was. When I was much younger, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, your age, I thought I knew everything. I go, no, I understand. I, I've studied this. I've read these books. I, you know. I've, I've done my meditations, and now I realize in my mid-70s that I know nothing. But it, it's, it's been a, a, a journey. Some people say it's a heroic journey. I think everybody has an heroic journey because life is, is really a workout. Uh, living here in this world is uh, it's a school, and sometimes the lessons are hard. But the thing that keeps me going is the fact that Everything that happens, because I like your philosophy, everything that happens is supposed to happen. Yes. And I agree with that because you've created it some realm, someplace, somehow through your thoughts, karma, whatever. So wherever you're at, that's where you're supposed to be. So deal with it. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't like to be, you know, complaining about anything happens, including my health or anything else. It's, yeah. it's just part of, you know, evolving. But I'm not awakened. I think all of us, even the people that don't look like it, you know, the homeless guy in the street, the alcoholic, the politicians, or whatever. It's degrees. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in the process of awakening. Mm -hmm. And the best that we can do, people like yourself doing these videos, you know, you're spreading the word, you're spreading the love, you're, you're trying to help others. That's the key. When you get outside of yourself and you look, how can I love? How can I serve others? It's not about me or you individually, but it's about the greater we, the greater us, yes. the one. Yes. So, yeah, so you asked me you know, to capture, in an essence, uh, what my life's been at this point, and I'm just saying, every day, every new now, mm -hmm. I'm different. Yes. It's, it's like, you gotta capture me, it's like, right now, here I am, but don't look for me here tomorrow, because I'm moving on, Right. hopefully on, onward. <laughs> Well, I mean, give our listeners who, you know, may never have heard of you, give them a little synopsis of your life up until this point. 
I was born at a very young age. I was so speechless about the excitement of coming back into this world. Anyway, I couldn't talk for a year. Anyway, okay. uh, no, I, I started life off living in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm, you know, Californian for the most part. Lived in Hawaii, lived in Oregon, but Californian. My mother was a fortune teller, uh, one of renowned fame, and uh, she had followers all over the world. And that's before the internet. And she taught me meditation at a very early age. So at two or three years old, I'm, I'm doing meditation. And, uh, and I had a, a guru and I, I, you know, I was, I don't remember not being on some kind of path. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm a frivolous guy at times and I was voted class clown in my high school and I got a great sense of humor, there's a serious nature to me on my pursuit of finding me. And that took me to Hawaiian Islands when I got out of high school and I, I studied under a kahuna. I mean, the real deal guy, mm -hmm. David K. Bray. And, uh, and then I went to Europe, bummed all around Europe, met some really neat people, went to the Vatican, had some real neat experiences. People just loved me, took care of me. It was, it was beautiful. Came back to the United States, ended up getting drafted, going in the army, going to Vietnam, and Vietnam, people, oh my God, you're in Vietnam, the war was terrible. You know, a lot of stuff happened, and I don't believe anything is good or bad, but a lot of stuff happened that I'm glad I was there instead of somebody else, because I prevented things from, uh, for example, I, I had an incident where I was ordered to shoot what looked like uh, communist troops marching down the road, and, mm -hmm. and I had a direct order to do it, and, me, and I said no. It didn't feel right. right. I mean, it looked right, but it didn't feel yeah. right. right. And the officer in the helicopter is telling, I got a machine gun on the helicopter, and he's telling me, you fire, I'm giving you a direct order, or if you don't, it's court-martial. And I said, court-martial me. Mm -hmm. And my gun on the other side didn't fire either, which was amazing, because he said, you know, I've flown with, with, Bill, with Bill for a long time, and right. he says there's something he doesn't feel right about it. Anyway, so I faced a court-martial. And then they finally, we flew down and it turned out it was a, a Catholic priest leading a group of 30-some children from a village. Wow. And they didn't have weapons on their shoulders, they had shovels and rakes. And so I'm thinking, you know, if somebody else had been sitting in that seat in that helicopter behind that machine gun, mm. it would have been a whole different outcome. Yeah. So I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But I also knew who was going to get killed, who was going to get wounded, what aircrafts were going to crash. My only mistake was telling people, and that upsets the army. Yeah. So I, I was investigated, you know, really big time, you know, like, how do you know all this stuff? And, mm -hmm. I, and I thought they were uh, making fun of me and not believing me and everything until about four or five years ago mm -hmm. when I got a call from Langley, Virginia. And they had my files, along with some other people's files. They were actually following me and they, they I go, what? So. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I said, well, you have a copy of that file? And they go, no, we'd have to redact everything and get your name on there. I said, wait a minute, it's it's a file on me, right? It's about me. Yeah, but you can't have it. I mean, it's like, it's top secret. I go, so anyway, so um, that was my military experience. I came out, I was never bitter. I was never angry. In fact, even in combat, I was never angry. I used to, I'd pray going into combat. I pray for my enemy as well, not just the guys with me. I pray for my enemy as well. I don't want anybody to suffer. Yes. And, I, and I never fired at anybody angry. Mm -hmm. It was like, 
somebody's doing their duty, I'm doing my duty. It's just our dharma, you know. And what's really what people don't understand is this, because it sounds terrible if you don't have a real heavy belief in, like I do, like reincarnation and purpose and all that, and this yeah. life's a dream. But it is just a dream. We're all God. Yes. This is God dreaming through us. So no one is getting killed, literally. True. No, no one. Right. You know, and it, it's it's a, a delusion. It's the, the greatest delusion in the world. You think you are I, me. Right. And we're not. We are God. God. We are God. Yes. And so when you see everything out there as God, just everything. Yes. Right? You, me. Yes. So I'm talking to me. Yes. You're talking to me? I'm yeah. talking to you, right? So, we're, I mean, it's yes. one. Yes. That's it why it always so amazes me somebody can hate somebody. And I'm like, wait a minute. How could you hate, hate somebody? Hate yourself. You're hating, when you hate someone, you're hating yourself. That's it. So, so, mm -hmm. so I had that unique experience, you know, talking about things that shape you. So that shaped me a little bit because I learned several things in Vietnam. One, I learned, even though I know who's going to get killed and what airplanes uh, planes were going to crash and helicopters, could change somebody's destiny. Right. You say something, you know what? This stuff still happens. Because nobody listens, nobody believes, and, and then you've got to accept the fact that, well, that was destiny for them. Right. But for the first decade or two after Vietnam, I felt a little bit guilty. I'm going, man, I, I knew that guy was going to get killed. I told him, I, you know, I told the commanding officer, don't send this guy out in combat, don't do this. And nobody listened to me, and the guy gets killed, and I'm going, there was a part of me that said, well, you didn't do enough. And now I realize now. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have so, changed it. No, it was. It, <laughs> it was so I'm yes. walking around on the battlefield, and I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'm talking right now, relaxed, calm. This is the way I was there. There could be explosions here, machine gun fire going here. This guy's dropping on each side of me, and I'm picking up a you know, wounded guy to put in my helicopter. And... I never had any emotional turmoil. It was like, I'm doing my job. And what's really weird is when you're really heavy combat, I mean, there's really stuff happening. It's all in slow motion. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like somebody turns off the sound and it's just, you know, yes. I'm carrying a guy on my shoulder and there's bullets coming all over this. And, and I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm almost watching myself carry this guy in my helicopter. Right. It's it's interesting, and especially when you crash it. I was in a, a few unscheduled landings in Vietnam, you know, because uh, enemy fire, you know, we, we crashed a few times. And it's always amazing when you crash it, you know, the crash only lasts, you know, blah, blah, you know. No, it takes minutes. I mean, to talk about it and visualize it takes minutes. In reality, it was just boom. So I learned something about that too, you know, because a lot of these extreme things that happen to us, we go into an altered state of time, mm -hmm. or no time, or slow time, or whatever it is, but it's not the same. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's something that you learn, that you realize, you know, I can even step out of this. I mean, I can see myself firing, and I can, I can see myself doing something. And that served me well, because like now when I'm giving a talk, like I'm doing a keynote here tomorrow, right. There's a part of me that will actually be watching me, because mm -hmm. when I give a talk, right. I people ask me, like the organizers here, well, what, here's what we want you to talk about. I said, no, no, no. I said, well, what are you going to talk about? I said, I don't know. 
What do you mean you don't know? You come and you give me the keynote. I said, no. I prepare nothing. I said, I... The reason I'm laughing is I've been doing this show. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> do you see anything but a blank page? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I do the exact same thing, so that's why I'm laughing. Yeah, it, it's... Yes. And there's, there's some professional mm -hmm. uh, out there, you know, speakers that go... Yeah. Oh my God! You have to have a slideshow. I mean, you got to have the notes up there, and then they have a little outline, and then they got a routine. And if you go into about 10, 10 of their talks, mm -hmm. you've heard everything. In fact, it's duplicated. Mm -hmm. And my my thing is this: I go to talk to a group, and I tell I tell the leaders that it always upsets them until I'm done, and they go, "I understand." But I tell them, I said, "I'm not going to talk about what you want me to talk about. I'm going to talk about what you need." me to talk about. And I said, I don't even know what that is until I get up there. Exactly. I don't even know what that is until I open my mouth and I hear it. Mm -hmm. So it's working without a net. And until that fails me at some point in time where I get senile or something. But right now it works. I get up there and I, and I told this to some organizers in Sacramento. I'm used in the, in the state of California to do prayer breakfasts and lunches for the state of California for veteran stuff. They, you know, Go get Reverend Bill. Mm -hmm. So, and then I, I give talks at the Vietnam Veteran Memorial in California and everything. And um, this one time, they go, we want you to give a talk, but you know this thing's gonna be this really covered by the media. We want you to write a speech. I go, write a speech? No, no. Come on, you're really great, but so I said, I never write a speech. So I wrote the speech. They said, no, no. So I wrote a speech, and they looked at it, and they go, that's great, right? It was three pages, really beautiful. Right. So I get there early because I'm an early guy, right? Yes. So I show up about two hours, two and a half hours early for this memorial thing. And, and we're two blocks from the Catholic Church. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go down to the church, sit in the pew and just mm -hmm. meditate, relax, you know, because I'm early. And I had my speech all rolled up and brought it with me, sat down in the pew and looked at the clock. And I said, I got 20 minutes, I'll walk back. I get back up there, they introduce me, and I'm walking up there and I realize, that big prepared speech, I left it in the pew in the church. <laughs> so I was like, and then I just went off yeah. and did my thing. Yes. So, mm -hmm. all these things you learn over time. Yeah. Uh, and, and after Vietnam, I came back, and then there's all those things that your children and your wife or your spouse, you know, teach you. Right. You realize at a fairly young age that. Not only are you a student, but you're a teacher. And I mean a teacher in the fact that, as a parent, I say something, my little kids at the time, they're repeating what I say and doing, right? And I'm going, wow, whole different responsibility. You better, right. you better walk your talk, right? Yes. But then, and then I started hearing them with some very wise things, you know? Uh, and you go, wait a minute, let me, let me take a note. Let me write this. Mm -hmm. It's like, no. Not only are you a teacher, but you're also a student. Yes. And I see people that are, are doing things publicly. They're, they're, they're the guru or the teacher, the master, whatever it is. And they're always in a teaching mode. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is a student. No matter who they meet, right. everybody's a student. You know, it, it's, it's downward. Yes, I get you. Mm -hmm. Very few humble people will sit there and listen to a child or a homeless person or somebody. or, you know. Right, I hear you. But my children taught me. Yes. You no, know, mm -hmm. it's it's two ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that was another phase. So yes. yeah, and then I worked for the government. I did a lot of things. I had a lot of spiritual 
transmitted experiences. I had rainbow body experiences, out of body experiences. Speaking of that, mm -hmm. first got married. This is a story I haven't told in a while. Mm -hmm. First got married, and my wife went to high school with me. Mm -hmm. she, I met her in 1960. We went steady, steady. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody goes steady anymore. But <laughs> in the old days, <coughs> went steady. I remember, I remember <coughs> when it was going steady. Yeah. Going steady in yeah. the senior year, 1963, mm -hmm. uh, beginning of the year. And uh, she, uh, she saw me. I, I did things like I told the school principal, mm -hmm. high school principal, I said, you know, right. Kennedy's going to get assassinated. And next week in Dallas. Oh, wow. You know, and, and I told, started telling people, you know, and people go, what? You know, that crazy bill, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it happens, then it's like, whoa. Now, yeah. nowadays, if I did that, I would have been brought in by the Secret Service or, you know, Homeland Security or right. something. How, you know, what's going on? What do you know, right? Right, right. Um, so she saw me do a few things and make some predictions and stuff, you know. So she was kind of like, she says, well, I've seen you, you have this stuff, but I, I don't believe in this stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know. I said, I said, okay. So this, we're just married a few months. Okay. And uh, she was sleeping downstairs on the couch because I was upstairs and it was like 110 degrees in California. If you can believe that, 110 degrees. Yeah. Upstairs, you know, the air conditioning doesn't. So she, I'm going, she went downstairs to get cool. And I'm laying up there and I miss her. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. married on her. And so I'm thinking about her. Next thing, boom. I'm floating at the ceiling and there's that silver cord, you know, mm -hmm. just to, a typical, at this point, it's a typical astral travel right. out-of-body experience. Nothing right. nothing super at this point. Right. And drift downstairs through the walls. And But I'm going across the front room floor, mm -hmm. and she's laying on the couch, and all of a sudden, she sits up. She sees me, and I'm, and I'm kind of, that's kind of interesting, because that's different. People see you in an astral body. So right. she sees me, and I'm just coming over there, and, and then she sits up, and I sit on the sofa, mm -hmm. and then the sofa you know, about 18 inches off the floor, and it starts, you know, and I look at her and I said, whenever you need me, not mm -hmm. want me, whenever you need me, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. And then she got so scared, I mean, this thing floating around and, mm -hmm. you know, it just, that was it. It just went boom and I'm back in the body about, mm -hmm. you know, a thousand pounds. And mm -hmm. so the next day, she goes, I had this terrible nightmare last night. I said, no, let me tell you what it was. I wrote it all down. And okay. I said, Here. She goes, what, what? But anyway, mm -hmm. so at, at that point, she realized that right. I'm not just telling stories. Right. But I didn't do that. So here's how all these things were. I didn't do that. Well, here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to do this. And no, it was not intentional. Right. It was happening. It just was supposed to happen. Yes. It happened. Uh, maybe love made it happen, mm -hmm. whatever it was. But I didn't control it, or at least not consciously. Consciously, right. Not okay. Your human consciousness. And, but it also showed me this about my wife. She was advanced enough or uh, awakened enough to see me in my astral body floating. Mm -hmm. I'm going, well, that's significant because how many people right. see people floating around in the astral world? I mean, right. that's, that's pretty good, right? right. True. But it also confirmed for me that I had a witness to something that happened. So usually I, when I tell stories from my life, and if you watch my videos or my talks, mm -hmm. people always want to hear my stories. I always want to get off philosophical. Now, here's this story, right? It's the greatest request list, you know? Uh -huh. I said, okay. But when you tell stories, and it, a lot of speakers do, you want it to be somewhat verifiable. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, you know, is there some other angle on this thing? Is this this guy hallucinating? So a lot of my public stories, there's 
some kind of witness or something that happened. I try to incorporate those stories. Right. As I got thousands of stories that I'm the only one that knows, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, if I tell this, this is crazy padded cell time. I mean, this is. Okay. You know, well, the great thing is, like having this, we're, having, we're at the IONS conference 2019, so it's 20 years ago, you know, this one, the conversations that we're having here and the speakers we're having here, they wouldn't, even 20 years ago, it wouldn't be the same. So, the humanity is waking up and open to new experiences now. Well, you, you see it, uh, and uh, this particular group. Mm -hmm. I'm very relaxed here. This right. is, uh, I come, I walked in here and it was like. Oh yeah, I felt I, like a home. I, I've never been here before. I've never, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I've never been to an IS conference. I, oh, okay. I spoke at a couple of groups, but I, I didn't really know anybody. Okay. You know, yes. a couple people yes. online. Right. And, uh, and then I just joined the party because when I came in, I was greeting people and hi and everything. Yes. And it was like, well, heck, this is two-way street, right? <laughs> and everybody was receptive. Yes. I'm going, this is great. This is a great group. But it really is. IONS, uh, what it promotes is a foundation for people that have had not only NDEs, right. near-death experiences, but also spiritual experiences of various kinds. Right. So it's a safe place for people to talk, yes. to conjugate, to come together, and nobody's judging you. Yes, that's true. I mean, you got healers working in the room next to us. You yes. got people channeling. You got all these other side things that got nothing to do with near death. But it's interesting the near death took these people mm -hmm. to these other places, right. and people are exploring themselves. Very true. So, um, so that's how I ended up here. I didn't solicit this. This yeah. was interesting. I retired. I've been retired about 19 years. Mm -hmm. I've worked more hours and have done more for nonprofits and all kinds of groups and veterans. And I've done more right. since I've been retired. Since before. Yeah. Yes. And what's really weird is, if you look at pictures of me from before I retired, mm -hmm. I actually look older than I do now. Mm, okay. And I believe that. No, I'm serious. Yeah, you get younger when you're doing... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mid-70s. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So... Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this and I'm going, you even look at pictures 10 years ago, 8 years ago, 6 years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I've got this purpose about giving and serving. In fact, that's my whole thing. I tell people, yes. what's the purpose of life? And I go, yes. to love yes. and serve, but serving and loving are the same thing. So yes. Yes. it's just a natural thing. So uh, it's all an evolutionary process. And I retired. I didn't forget my roots, my mm -hmm. roots being veteran community. Mm -hmm. And I've been pretty active on that. I mean, I started off, I did the National Suicide Hotline, which was a workout, and I finally gave that up because uh, I had 12 heart attacks, and I'm in a room by myself from two o'clock in the morning until seven in the morning, in a locked off the building, because right. they don't want you to know where you're at, you know, and everything, and it's so secret. Uh -huh. So if I had a heart attack there, they wouldn't have found me until seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. So my wife goes, no, 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 no more. No more of that. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and then I worked uh, uh, as a volunteer chaplain at Folsom, Folsom Prison, you know, Johnny Cash, you know, okay. stuck in Folsom Prison. Now, I'm sure people want to know what kind of minister you are, because I, I know you're, I don't think you're the regular type of no, minister. No, 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 no. Nothing wrong with 
regular Monday. No, that's it. It's just, it's, it's just here's, here's what I found. Okay. When I'm dealing with my vets or near-death experienced people or my uh, people that are into yoga like Self-Realization Fellowship or the Homsa group or whatever groups I'm with, mm -hmm. um, other groups will judge and evaluate, meaning other religious groups will judge and evaluate that and, and somebody will say, we're the answer, we're the only ones, this is the chosen religion, we're the chosen people, this is only people that are this religion are going to go to heaven, everybody else is going to hell, and, and God help you if you ain't even Christian, if you're one of these other faiths, oh my gosh. So, to me, you don't need a passport to get into heaven, there's nothing stamps there what religion you are, and God has no religion, and he has all religions. Since God is everyone, and he's created everything, then he's created all religions as well. Yes. I mean, right, all the religious leaders, they all have the same, yeah. Yeah. same creation, yeah. created by God, right? So how can, anyway, what, okay. so I looked at it and they weren't helping my veterans, chaplains weren't, all these different groups was, they were narrow focused. Mm -hmm. And I had friends that were Hindu and Buddhist and and Muslim and, and uh, every religion, Christian, you know, denomination you can have and, and right. James and everything else. And I'm going, we're one family. Yes. So I created the uh, Spiritual Warrior Ministries and now okay. it's international. I've got people in Europe. Okay, Spiritual Warrior. Yeah, that's why I have this little dog tag I'm wearing, okay. which, which, which says, I am love. Yes. And then in Latin it says basically uh, love conquers all and it's a spirit warrior chaplain. And I meet people, I made about four people chaplains here yesterday. Okay. And I only got a couple basic requirements. Okay. You go out, you charge nobody for your services. You give okay. it, if someone wants to give you money, great, but don't ask. Right. Okay? Number two, no dogma. Get away from all, this is what it says, this is what it means. Don't go, don't go there. But the third thing is don't try to change anybody's religion. Don't try to, here's what I believe, you should believe it. Right. This is the only answer. Accept people where they're at, give them spiritual counseling. So that's the three rules I got. And, and this group here, everybody goes, yeah, that's, that's good, I want to help. <laughs> so I've gotten all kinds of people on board. That's perfect. So the organization, I, I'm the leader, but I lead no one because mm -hmm. what I do is I, I, I make somebody a chaplain. And I got two Catholic priests, I got Episcopalian, I got a couple of Memphis, okay. I got a Lutheran. I got all kinds of self-ordained. I got all kinds of people that, you know, sent in ministry. Then I got people that I just made a chaplain. You're a chaplain. Great. Okay. You don't need nothing. I, you know, yes. you don't need God to come down and say, here's your, here's your degree. You now got a divinity degree. Now you can talk to people. Right. Oh, you don't have a divinity degree. No, you can't talk to people. Right. This is about love. Exactly. It's all about love. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, what credentials do you need to be a chaplain? So... My chaplain services are going out. It's focusing on military because, not solely, but mostly on the military because it's kind of a forgotten group. Mm -hmm. I found in my frustrating years, the last 30, 40 years, that new age friends and groups, and I'm you know, part of that community, but I'm isolated from that community in ways because they have this belief how could you be a spiritual person having been in war? How could you be a spiritual being and been in combat and been a soldier? And you know, and, uh, and they forget about Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. <laughs> they forget about Arjuna, 
being told by Krishna to go kill his brothers. It was his duty in that war. Mm -hmm. They forget about St. Francis of Assisi, who was a prisoner of war mm -hmm. and fought bravely, and, and St. Ignatius of Loyola, who was mm -hmm. a hero and, and a POW as well. I mean, the list goes on. Even Mahatma Gandhi wore a uniform. He was a sergeant major in the British Army mm -hmm. in South Africa. Okay. So, so people forget that there's a lot of spiritual people right. who wore uniforms. Mm -hmm. And George Washington and some of these, you know, greats. I mean, these, yeah. it's like, so... But people like to also do that separation thing. Yes. You know, there's nothing separate. I even, you were, when we were talking, we know that this chair is not solid. You know, we know that there's nothing solid. Everything is spiritual. Yeah. We, we with our limited senses, want to separate what we perceive as physical from the spiritual, but it's all spiritual. Because this, this chair isn't solid. We all know that. We learned that in seven. I learned it in seventh grade when we studied molecules and atoms and my science teacher said nothing is truly solid. That was a awakening moment for me. It wasn't that it didn't wake up completely, but it was like aha, like Oprah would say, aha moment. Nothing is truly solid. Then that means it is still spirit. This chair is spirit. We are all spirit. And we even in our physical limited human self, we are still spirit. It's just that, a density. Yeah. It's a lower yep. vibration and it's denser. It's all about it's all about light mm -hmm. and vibration, which is density. Yes. You know, yes. so it's all about but yeah. what, what makes what makes the atoms, what makes all that energy go around mm -hmm. and, and and when I was up in the Himalayas and I was talking to some yogis and stuff and the guy goes he says, The atoms go around and it makes a sound and that sound is oh um. that's the sound of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I said well, that makes sense because mm -hmm. everything is vibrating at that yes. same level, right? So yes. it's it's that's the essence. And he says, and that light, that energy, that's love. Yes. That's God's love, and that's that keeps exactly it keeps every, it holds it all together. Yes. So exactly. So when you hear it as simple as that, you go yes, and it is that simple. Yeah. Science scientists have proven vibrating at different frequencies, and that energy is love. It's that simple, it truly is. Yeah, we're definitely on the same page on yeah. that. It's, mm -hmm. uh, but, but love, you get to a point and you realize love is the only thing that you can trust. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that is real, because it does is real. Right. But love right. is real. Right. Mm -hmm. You know love when you feel it. Mm -hmm. When you get it, you know it's real. Right. And you know when it's not. And I tell people, it's not your job to come into this life and go out there and say, love me, understand me, listen to me, help me. No. Your job when you come into this life is to serve others. Meaning, you're there to listen. You're there to serve. You're there to understand them. You're there to love them, not them love you. And so when this whole life is done, ultimately the only question that's going to be asked is, not... Who loved you? Because I could be influenced by money, fame, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But who did you love? Mm -hmm. And bless those that truly love their enemies. Mm -hmm. I mean... And I also say, though, that the love, the first love has to start with it. You have to love yourself. You have to, you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't love yourself, you can't love another. Well, you know, that's the hardest thing, because I think you counsel a lot of people as well. In your own way, you're counseling, even with your videos. Mm -hmm. um, I found that loving yourself and forgiving yourself mm -hmm. are the big blocks that are that are stopping people from advancing and unfolding. Mm -hmm. 
they can't forgive themselves. I mean, if they had an abortion, they feel guilty. If they got drunk, they feel abortion. If they got divorced, they feel guilty. I mean, mm -hmm. the list of guilt stuff is like unbelievable. Everything, right. they're, they're sorry, they're, they're, they get regrets. And I mm -hmm. go, wait, yeah. that's yesterday. Yes. Who you are right now mm -hmm. is your moment. It's your awakening moment. Yes. Because the past mm -hmm. only matters in the sense that there's a karmic debt. All right. But we both know that through meditation, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can lessen mm -hmm. that burden. Yes. And uh, and through divine grace, you can even get rid of some of that. Mm -hmm. So you're not a hostage right. to that. Right. But when you think about it and you don't forgive yourself, You've made yourself a hostage because mm -hmm. you're not leaving from there. Right. And if you can't love yourself and forgive, how can you forgive somebody else? As yes. you see, yes, you can't give what you don't have. Oh. You can't love yourself if you can't forgive yourself. You can't love and forgive others, and those others are really just extensions of you because it's all God. So yes, yeah, that, that, that's what gets me. It's like mm -hmm. right now in this country we got the red and the blue, you know, the, and I'm going, look, you're all idiots on both sides. And some, and and they got saints and sages on both sides. Mm -hmm. Come on, take your pick. You know, and nobody's one hundred percent anything. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy looks like he's crazy. Once in a while, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah. So sometimes somebody's right. Right. So I, I don't. But in truth, there is no right. No. Wrong. no. It just is. It just is. It just is. Yeah. Because you don't know the intentions of the universe, number yes. one. And, and, and it will. In a, in a philosophical sense, the intention of the universe is to have us wake up and... Right, remember. Remember. But we chose to forget to have this experience. Yeah. Yes. I think one of the big questions that will never be asked is why God created us to go through all this. <laughs> I mean, because then if you get down to it, because like my, my grandson, who's a freshman now in high school, mm -hmm. but he, he used to ask these questions like, okay, okay, Grandpa, God made everything and everybody, yeah. Well, that means he made the devil. Mm -hmm. I go, yeah. Well, then it means he made evil. I go, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, what is it? <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. Well, that's true. But it's our, it's our labeling of it. It's, 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 it's all God. Yin and yang symbol. And I use that a lot. It's equally light and dark. We live in a dualistic reality where there has to be contracts. We, it, it's the same love and fear are the same energy, just different vibration. So what we're calling evil, it just is. But we're labeling it evil. Doesn't mean it's evil. It just is. And and all the shadow side, the dark side, just wants the light to shine on it, not push it away. But the all to overcome the shadow is just shining love on it. Love conquers all. That's so, my dark side. Yes. Love conquers all. Yes. So yeah, it's uh, it is our world. Mm -hmm. But it's different for everybody mm -hmm. because go back to your vibrations and go back to your awakening mm -hmm. process and where you choose to be. And each of us is seeing this thing at a different level. In fact, in this room right now, we both know that we're not alone. Right. Other than the camera. I mean, we're yeah. not alone. There's. Yeah. I actually have a cameraman, guys. Yeah. But no, <laughs> I mean, in the real essence, we're never yeah. really alone. But, uh -huh. And we're sharing space with. Yes. Other other beings, mm -hmm. uh, light yes. and energy. Yes, yes. And whether they whisper to us, yes. or whether they, you know, make themselves known or whatever. And I've had experiences where you see things, you hear things. Right. Um, 
but I also know that not everybody is capable of seeing. For example, I, mean, I was in uh, just I was, I was outside of Pune in the jungle at this ashram. I just had a heart, a major, major heart attack in, mm -hmm. in Mumbai, and, and I was told I had to leave the country, and so I'm packing up and I'm gonna leave. Uh, 2011. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave the ashram in 2011, and I'm sitting in the uh, the kitchen of the ashram, and there's like four or five people there, and then I just wanna. I'm telling the story because I want to tell you how people perceive things. You've got five people, okay. and some event happens, which I'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But not everybody saw it the same. It's just, of course. So yeah. I'm sitting there, and I feel somebody looking at me. You know, like you're in a movie theater, and mm -hmm. somebody's staring at you. So I, I turn around, and there's Sivarteshwar, who's the guru of Paramahansa Yogananda. If you've read Autobiography of a Yogi, okay. you know, he's this mm -hmm. guy with a beard and everything. Just, mm -hmm. And he's been dead since 1930-something. And so I'm looking there, and in the flesh and blood, he's standing there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of doing this, and he's got his hand behind his back, and I'm watching. People are looking at me, watching. And, and I found he, there's this, this uh, woman from, young woman from uh, a Scandinavian country someplace, and she knew the meditation. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, do you, do you see? You know, and she goes, see what? crazy, you know, and she goes, mm -hmm. you know, making fun of me, and there's nothing to see, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. These two people, these, they didn't see nothing. Right. So there was another guy from Texas, and he goes, Bill, behind you is this light. It's just a blaze of light. It's just blinding. He says, and I'm feeling love. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really loved. Right. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling love. And I go, okay. Then there was another guy, and uh, he was sitting across the other side, and he goes, Bill, you ain't gonna believe what I see, and I said, no, try me. Mm -hmm. And then he described exactly what I said. He mm -hmm. said, you got Super Teshwar standing there, mm -hmm. and he's got his hands behind his back, and, uh, and he described him to the T, and I'm going, yes, Brian, Brian mm -hmm. was his name. Mm -hmm. and, and I realized that, well, it was, it was kind of neat, because I see it, I just had a heart attack, I know maybe I'm getting close to death, I'm hallucinating, mm -hmm. but so it was verified by Two, two people, something's right. going on here, right? Right, right? One person just wasn't really heavy right. into the stuff, couldn't see nothing, but it's there. Right. Nonetheless, it's there. Mm -hmm. The other guy sees the light, because that's where he's expanded to. He sees the light and feels the love, which is a beautiful level to be at, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's good. Mm -hmm. But the other guy sees exactly what I see, right. mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. gave me verification. So sometimes the universe does that on purpose. Right, right. But later on, I realized and I watched a TV show, it was called Brain Games, it was on television, it was a series, mm -hmm. and this professor from the University of uh, uh, UCLA, University of Southern California, what is it, LA, Los Angeles, whatever it is, okay. he had 30-some students, he brings them into this little auditorium with the seats and everything, and there's a little stage, and he mm -hmm. says, your semester grade is going to depend on how observant you are. Mm -hmm. I want you to observe these dancers, mm -hmm. these couples on stage, and every time they change partners, you make a note, you keep track, I want you to just focus on nothing else but the dancers. Right. And like I said, your final grade depends on your observation, this thing's an observation test. Right. Okay, great. So they go out there and dance, and they switch partners and all mm -hmm. that stuff, and he gets done, and all these students, and they help all these dancers. He says, no, no, here's my question. Who mm -hmm. saw the man in the gorilla suit? Mm -hmm. And they all laughed. He plays a video back, and it shows a guy in a gorilla suit dancing around each set of dancers. Yes. And not one person saw it. Why? Because their mind would not accept it. It erased it. 
or they were focused so much on the dancers they didn't see the gorilla. I saw that video on YouTube. But, and, and also I want to say to you, because we're all aspects of God, we're actually, we, we don't see anything the, the same. We're, in, we're sitting right next to each other. We're, we can be looking at the same thing. We're not going to see the same thing. Because we're all divine aspects of God looking from different vantage points. We all are unique. No two people have the same vantage point. No two people have the same perspective. Perspective, perception, and that's why we can't even policemen will when they take eyewitness reports to an accident. They can take it from three different people standing right there. They're going to get three different reports. Oh, absolutely. It, and that's that's the, the way it's supposed to be. And each of them is telling their truth. They're telling the truth. They're telling what they saw. Yeah. But I did see that video about the gorilla. And yeah. They, and then they, when they show, slowed it up, you could see the gorilla. But because the the students were focusing on the dancers because they knew, okay, I have to see when the dancers switch. They're focusing on the dancer. They're not focusing on anything around the dancers. And the gorilla was around the peripheral, so that's why they didn't see no, it. better yet. What? Christopher Columbus uh -huh. sails into the New World. Right. He's in the harbor. Yes. Three big ships. Mm-hmm. Indians didn't see him. Yeah, I heard this one. But go ahead. Same thing with Captain yes. Cook going yeah. into Sandwich Islands. Why? Mm -hmm. They didn't see him. Yeah. They didn't believe. Right. So which gets down to this. Your belief process yes. will actually erase what or pixelate or whatever. Yes. You don't see it because you don't believe it. Exactly. That's why a child, you think about all these historic sightings of the Virgin Mary. Who always yes. sees the Virgin Mary? Children. Yes. And the children tell the adults and they yeah, but they see them. Yes. Yes. And and then when children tell their parents that they've seen an angel or they've talked to God or whatever. They're all poobahs, like mm -hmm. uh, imaginary friends and all this stuff. Right, but, but by the same token, those parents are teaching their children to believe in Santa Claus, mm -hmm. the Tooth Fairy, <laughs> Easter Bunny. Yes. But yes. angels, they go, oh, no, no, you didn't. Yeah, so this is true. Yeah. I've seen, because I work with uh, uh, adults that have brain injuries or they're born with brain problems and stuff, and, uh, uh, and I started working with them a number of years ago in Florida. I was asked to do this camp a summer camp, but for adults, you know, mm -hmm. those have stuff for children, but these guys are like 30, 40, 50. Right. And I, I volunteered, the guy, my Catholic priest friend, Father Ron, because I, I need you because we're trying to make this thing all faith, you know, because mm -hmm. we don't want to make it look like it's just Catholic. I think. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went thinking, I'm helping all these people. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start getting, I'm helping people, number one, you're already you lost the gist of it. Right. I get there and, and after dealing with these people, I realize, wow, they're all individuals. That they, they, they all have love in their, I mean, just 24 seven caring for these people and being with them. I came away being grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, no, they served me. Yes. They taught me, you know, something really great. Yes. And uh, so again, mm -hmm. like the student teacher thing. Right, yes. But when you think you are, the other lesson was, when you think you are the helper, you're, you're helping people, you're advising, you're doing all these things, you're trying to change people, you're saving, you're doing none of that. You're not healing anybody, you're not doing any of that stuff. You can facilitate right. healing process. You can give tools, you know, advice, but you know what? The healing's within. The person, if it's open to it, they will heal themselves. That's why placebos work. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's why I, I, my, my listeners have heard me say many times, I don't call myself a teacher or guru or anything. I, and I say my um, mission, our, our vision is to inspire. And inspire means have that other go within and find the truth within them. So all I'm trying to do is facilitate and inspire them to go within. Yeah, and you, yes. and you can't own that healing energy. Yes. It's God's. Yes. And because and I, I know we're. But I, we can't separate ourselves from God. That's God it. Is us. That's it. So it's, we are God. We are God. But you always yes. got to give the credit where the credit's due. When the I takes over and mm -hmm. I help these people, I, I right, heal I this, I save saying. people, I taught people. It's the no, new, that humanness. You have to take that small I that. and get the we. Yes. You know, the bigger we, we did this. Exactly. Okay, I'll accept the we from somebody. Exactly. You know, we, because we're all working together. Exactly. And, and in fact, what I've learned when I've done some documentary films and mm -hmm. when I've done projects and anthologies and all kinds of stuff and, and work for all these nonprofits, I found that I used to think that, you know, I don't need a committee. Mm -hmm. I don't. I do better on my own. I can function. Mm -hmm. And then, I got into this team concept where you, you build a team to do a project and stuff. And I found out. I go. I thought this is a better thing than I would. I wouldn't have come up with that idea. Mm -hmm. And that guy tweaked what I did. Well, I mean, next thing you know, if you learn to work with a true team, whether it's a nonprofit work, whatever it is, right. family, whatever. Yes. When you're working together and you're bouncing stuff around and you don't own an idea, you throw an idea out there, but mm -hmm. you let the group kind of take pieces of it and change it and stuff. Mm -hmm. As soon as I gave up the ownership right. when I started doing teams, like when I was working right. for the government, I go, well, I'll throw an idea out and you want to protect the idea. You know? and then I realized, no, I got 20 right. people in this room and 19 of them probably know more than I do. Right. So let's, let's roll. It's so, all about cooperation, not competition. There you go. See, that's, the, that's what science has proven. See, I love science, because everything I believe in, science actually backs it up. And science has proven within nature that it is cooperation, not competition, that we're, uh, that a uh, species will do its best, will grow and evolve its best when they cooperate. So it's not, we think of doggy dog and Darwinism, which um, might is right and all that. And that is so false. It's not competition. It is cooperation. Very true. But I want you, you know, I do want you to, the theme of the, the show is the purpose of life. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that. What is my purpose? Well, I get that question. You know, how do I find my purpose? What would you, if someone asked you that question? Well, first off, I'm happy that people get to that level. Mm -hmm. Because that means... They're not struggling with the other issues. I mean, some people will go through life and never, because I, I, I deal with people in their 80s and their 90s and their 70s and all, they've never stopped to reflect why. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Where am I going? And so I'm thinking even young people need to know, especially young people, that the sooner you start asking those questions, the better. What is your purpose? There's no one size fits all. There's a general concept which I talk about is to love and serve. We're here to love and serve. But see, that unfolds into a rainbow of possibilities because how you love and serve mm -hmm. is a whole different vision than how I love and serve. Okay. And it's like a piece of a great big jigsaw puzzle. You can't say this 
one piece is better than the edge piece or this piece over here. All the pieces are needed. Yes, to make the puzzle. You need somebody that's a nurturer and stuff. You need a guy that questions. You need the guy that's a worker bee. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just look at in nature. You know, you got a queen bee, but you got all these other people. Everybody serves some purpose mm -hmm. for the whole. Yes. Corporation. You know, I, I, I know several big corporate leaders there in Silicon Valley. Well, mm -hmm. you know, if the custodian didn't show up and mm -hmm. clean his office and the bathrooms, it'd be a terrible place to work. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. those people are just as important for that corporation as yes. as the big guys. Yes. Everybody's got a place. Yes. And not everybody can be the leader. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be, you know, save the world. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, I said, look, your job, not everybody can find a cure for cancer. That's not what you're made for. You know, maybe somebody will, but that's not, you know, you don't have to make world peace. But if you make peace with yourself yes. and your family, well, that's it a big, starts, that's huge. That's um, huge. People like uh, Gandhi said, be the change. So if you want peace in the world, you have to have peace within. Everything starts from, from within. So yes, very true, and, and I just say follow your heart, because your heart is going to lead you to your, your purpose, and your purpose will be loving and serving others, but you're unique. Like, I love that you use the puzzle, because we are all puzzle pieces, shaped differently, and we're unique, and if we don't all bring our piece to the puzzle, the puzzle's incomplete, because nobody can fill our spot. Yeah. What position, because when you're saying that, it flashed my mind, I was in a chiropractic office uh, about 30 years ago, and they had this uh, giant puzzle, but it was, somebody put it together upside down. In other words, the pictures were all on the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and the guy had it on his office, at the mm -hmm. table there, and I'm going, I didn't get it, right? And so the guy comes out and he goes, he says, no. And he shows me what the cover was. The cover was a man, right? Mm -hmm. He says, see, you put this puzzle together, and it all together equals mankind. Here you mm -hmm. go. It was like a mm -hmm. stupid thing, but he had this thing sitting there. And mm -hmm. what he would ask, like I walked in there first, like, oh, why do you got this puzzle? And so then he explains, you know, we're all one, right? Every piece, you need every piece there. You don't know what that, that piece of the nose, this and I, it doesn't make any difference. It's all done. You need every piece. And sometimes you're working blindly, but you're working for man. You're working mm -hmm. for mankind. So... Mm -hmm. So people, you know, here's the thing. There's some people out there, their purpose could just be literally mm -hmm. a great parent. Mm -hmm. My God, where would this world be without beautiful, mm -hmm. wonderful, loving parents? Yes. Mm -hmm. One of the problems we've got in the world right now, and I try to get these young guys, these young guys, come on. Fatherhood is like a dying art. We need fathers out there mm -hmm. that take responsibility, not just, you know, mm -hmm. impregnate somebody and then walk away and think they got paid pay money and that's all they got to do. Mm -hmm. No, you got to be there. Mm -hmm. So purpose of life should have some form of love in it, whatever it is. Right. But you can serve just by being a great father. I don't yeah. care if you're homeless in it, you know, yeah. you can still be a good father. You try yes. do your best you can. Yes. Sometimes it's just being a smile and a support for somebody. Mm -hmm. I had a, I had a mailman used to work for me when I was working in management in mm -hmm. the post office. And he was running late on his run. I couldn't figure out what way. He gets to this trailer park where all these old people were at, and he just seemed like he was a little. But he always made the end of the day. But you know, it was like he was like someone out there. And I start talking. You know, I was talking. Oh, your mailman. Yeah, Jeff comes through here. He's the nicest guy. And you know, I don't have anybody visit me all day, but I wait forward for the mailman comes. And all these old people saw 
and talked to nobody all day long. When he came out there, he talked to them. And he, and he knew about their grandkids and this and that. And if they didn't come out to pick up their mail after a couple of days, he'll check on them. So he, yeah. he went there one day and some woman was sick inside, you know, mm -hmm. and got the an ambulance and everything. So it's like, yeah. he saved a life. How am I criticize this guy? Right. I'm going, yeah, let's, let, let's, let, let's slide. You know, mm -hmm. let's, let's slide. Yeah. That's a service. Yes. All right, so he's serving. He has a purpose. Yeah. There's other people that are in the military. They have a purpose. And what you do is not so important as your attitude and your intentions of what you are doing. Exactly. And an example, you can be in the military, mm -hmm. you can be a spiritual person, mm -hmm. you can be doing your dharma, your you know, your your purpose and you're serving with love and you know and compassion and you know and all these things. And you could be in the same battle with a guy that's he's hates the enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see this I hate the enemy. I mean it's like mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. killing and they're enjoying it and they're just into it. And this other guy there's he's shooting because that guy's trying to kill his buddy. Right. You know, if I don't shoot that guy he's gonna kill us. Right. You know, sense. Yeah, this other guy this other guy's, you know, maybe motivated by patriots right. So it's you could have ten people in battle all, all doing the same thing, but there's a different level of karmic debt here because mm -hmm. your intentions are different. Are different. Mm -hmm. That's why people, I've done all, I, I tried to help this guy, and he, the guys, you know, you try to help the guy. Why? You, you controlled him, you gave him money, you know, like a relative, you know, I gave him a guy money, but then you gave him advice, unwanted, mm -hmm. and you, you gave him a lecture and you gave him the money. What, right. you know, what was your intentions? Right. Letting you know that you're just saving him once again. I, I went mm -hmm. through this with somebody recently. Right. You saved the guy once again, and now he's ingrateful, and you're proving the case. <laughs> so. Yes. But your intentions. Your intentions. It's yes. like, you know. That's, that's honestly all spirit sees is your intentions. Yeah. Yes. So but, when, you, when you reach out to do mm -hmm. something for somebody, that's don't. From don't, the heart. Yeah, it has to be from the heart, and number one, don't expect anything back. Exactly. You know, never be disappointed because a lot of people don't give back. Yeah. This country, we've we raised a generation or two of people that are not grateful. That's not the first thing in their mind to be grateful. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're complaining and they're a victim and whatever else. And mm -hmm. if you got it, I need it, you should give it to me. Whatever. You got to get past all that. So I learned, like, if I loan, if, loan, <laughs> if I give friends money, yeah. I, it's Grant. I tell my wife, I go, you know, somebody gave $6,000 to it. I says, this kid needed it, right? Mm -hmm. I said, I told my wife, I said, no, we have to write this off already. Because mm -hmm. yeah. there's a chance that yeah. this guy is going to be, you know, right. irresponsible. He's not going to pay it back, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you write it off. Mm -hmm. End of it. Right. And then if you paid back, it's bonus. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can't control, because some people, like parents, they'll do something for a kid, but there's always something in return they're expecting. Mm -hmm. I'll give you this, I expect grades, I expect you to mm -hmm. apologize to me, I expect you to, you know, whatever it is. Right. Just give love. True, true giving is with no strings attached. Oh. You give from the heart, you wish that person well, and then the universe, well, it always reciprocate. Doesn't have to come back from that same person. No, it, it probably back. won't. Right, most likely, exactly. Yeah. Most likely, it doesn't come back, but it's just, you pay it forward, you know. But it's just, it's just uh, so anyway, so purpose, yes. it's a huge subject, and, mm -hmm. and, and people go, oh, I got no purpose. I go, what are, you, what are you doing? You went to the grocery store today, did you, were you nice to the clerk to rent exactly. up your stuff? Yes. Did, did you cut somebody off in traffic when you could have just sent them a did blessing? You just smile. Sometimes you, you just, I'm always, when I'm walking 
And I pass anybody, I always smile. I usually say, hi, how are you? I sometimes just a smile. But just that, hi, how are you, our smile can make a person's day. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's great about the science yeah. conference. Yes. I mean, yeah. you walk down the hall there, and everybody's, oh, hi. Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> Definitely you know, here. You know, and I was wearing a tag with yeah. my name on it. I, yeah. I didn't realize I'm the first guy yeah. here. I thought I was and, still and, wearing my press tag. And, and people go by and go, oh, Reverend Bill. Yeah. They're going, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they read it. I thought, man, yeah. these people are all psychic. <laughs> so, yeah, it's okay. People keep saying press to me, and I'm like, oh, press. Hi. Huh. Uh, <laughs> we're videotaping right now. <laughs> it's okay. But we're about right. to... <laughs> <laughs> We're about to wrap up. But, uh, right. Thank you, Eric. I have, hey, my uh, listeners, I have a cameraman, and his name is Eric. Thank you, Eric, so much for You're welcome. videotaping. I know you have so much. You have your talk tomorrow. You have so much to get ready for. I am having a wonderful time at the IONS conference. IONS stands for International Association for Near-Death Experience, but it's so much more. So if you ever get a chance to come to a conference, please do. And thank you so much, Reverend Bill. All right. Thank you so All much right. for uh, being my guest. And I am just always so grateful. Thank you. And I want to say good night and good evening. Goodbye, everybody. You're good.